1: children's Bible journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God.
0: A hey, little dove so brown and gray, you make such a sad, sad sound. But you won't be a morning dove that day when the Lord of the earth comes down. A willow tree with the falling leaves That flow like tears to the ground There won't be a weeping on that day When the Lord of the earth comes down You'll be a laughing willow
1: and a dancing
0: Like the laughing little and the dancing
2: But God can, I can look inside of you, but God can, can't turn darkness into light, can't make mountains snowy white, can't give blinded eyes their sight, but God can. Can't make a dream Great men show their mighty power on land, in air and sea, but science can't But God
0: can The Bible is also called God's Word In God's Word we find wisdom and help to guide us through life Do you want to know what God is like? How He thinks, how He feels What He wants from you and for you? then remember to always listen carefully to his words. Think about them and hide them in your heart.
1: Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light Praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound.
3: Scribe, bring my court to order.
4: Yes, Your Majesty. Members of Her Majesty's court, the Queen wishes your attention. The Scribe is ah, Her Majesty, Queen of Sheba.
3: You are all members of my court, each handling the affairs assigned to him. Among you, you handle all the affairs of Sheba. We exist, all of us, at the expense of our subjects. We wear expensive garments and costly jewels. We live in well-appointed palaces. We eat, drink, and are merry because we exact a high tax from our people. This must stop.
1: We will tax
3: the people, yes, but only enough to support their government. And we, in turn, as their government,
4: will help and protect them. They are human beings, even as we... Begging Her Majesty's pardon, but our subjects are of a lower caste than we. They were born to serve and support their betters, us. If we lower their taxes, if we lessen their burdens, they may turn against us. He that oppresseth
3: the poor to increase his riches shall surely come to want. And better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. I quote from the many sayings of Solomon, king of Israel. He has been kind and merciful to his people, and they love him for it. They obey his every wish. Can you doubt that he knows how to rule? The same course shall be followed in my country. Yes,
4: Your Majesty.
3: I myself shall sit in judgment of the people. I shall hear their complaints and grievances and pass judgment. But, Your Majesty,
1: a queen cannot sit in
5: judgment. Uh, Surely, Your Majesty, there are others who can. The people must be oppressed or they will revolt. There's respect for the crown.
4: The whip is the only law the people Quiet! Quiet! Her Majesty is not yet through sleep. Quiet!
3: I wonder not that you are surprised. I am myself. I have been converted to the God of heaven, the only living God. His law is justice, and his judgment, mercy. I must govern my people likewise. So all arguments, complaints, and disputes that cannot be settled between the parties concerned shall be brought before me, and I shall make judgment. Is that clearly understood?
4: Yes, your majesty.
3: By all? Yes,
6: your majesty. Your majesty, my,
4: my husband deserted me and refuses to come back or support me. I pleaded and begged and threatened and still he refuses to live with me. He's a no good man, a hard to get along with husband, he's a liar my and cheat and I wish Know you
3: not that the wisest man on earth has had this to say of your kind of wife? It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman. But your majesty, I'm not that kind of woman. But if you'll just make my husband... Quiet. Return to your home. Try being a calm, respectful wife. If you appear before me again, I shall have your husband tell his side of the story, which is quite different than yours, I am sure.
1: This man's son has repeatedly destroyed my property, and he claims he can do nothing with him. I
4: can't, Your Majesty. My son is unmanageable. He refuses to obey me or to respect the rights and freedoms of others.
3: What age is your son? Nine
4: years old. Do you punish him when he disobeys? Yes, Your Majesty. I I reason with him. I I do not believe in corporal punishment. I love my son. I, I don't want to warp his personality.
3: Call the child in. You, father, the wisest man who ever lived, said, He that spareth the rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him. Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. You, son, that same man said, A foolish son is a grief to his father, and bitterness to her that bear him. A wise son heareth his father's instruction. Now go home. Obey your parents, or we will have to find a more drastic way to teach you obedience. You are accused of not supporting your family. You won't work. Don't you realize that one must work to live?
4: Ah, Work is for the fool. Work doesn't do anything except
3: give a man indigestion. Learn through the wisdom of Solomon. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. The ant, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest, and he that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. Two years on the work crew. Next case...
4: Your Majesty, my husband has a good job and earns a comfortable wage. But instead of giving us, the children, me, the things that we'd like to have, my husband's all the time helping someone else, giving things to people and organizations, even the church. I want Her Majesty to order my husband to stop giving so liberally. According
3: to the wisest man on earth, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Also... He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. Case dismissed. The charge against you is habitual drunkenness. How do you plead? Guilty or not
4: guilty? Guilty, Your Majesty. But uh, a little social drinking's perfectly harmless.
3: Harmless? Wine is a mocker, and strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Do you realize that your drinking causes your family and many others to woe and sorrow and discontent, that at times your family is even hungry because you have spent your wages on wine?
4: I suppose so, Your Majesty.
3: Are you yourself
4: happy? No, Your Majesty. I wish I could stop drinking.
3: Listen then to these words of wisdom from the lips of the wise one. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babblings? Who hath wounds without cause? They that tarry long at the wine. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. I want you to confer with court physician.
0: Greetings, mother.
4: Long live the king.
0: What can I do for you, mother?
4: Solomon, my son, I came on a personal matter. I mean, well, your majesty, you are now considered by the entire world as the sage of wise men, the essence of wisdom. Many peoples, even kings and wise men of various nations, are quoting your sagacious proverbs. Some are even using them and and your style of justice as models of dispensing justice in their own royal courts.
0: I've been told these things many times. Why do you repeat them to me?
4: Because, my son, I detect, uh... Well, signs that... Well, is it possible that all this notoriety and fame is having its effect upon you?
0: In what way, Mother?
4: Well, Solomon, I... I detect signs of... of pride, personal pride and self-exaltation. I wish, my son, to quote one of your own proverbs. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before fall.
0: Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. Yes, there is danger of that. I must watch myself closely.
1: We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's (coughs)
5: 1-800-634-0234. what you making fruit smoothie want one sure you're home early well I wanted to ask you a question oh must be important have you have you ever had a prayer that wasn't answered nope not one you mean you got everything you asked for thankfully no well wait I don't understand when I pray I tell God what I want I tell him about my problems about work about you about everything that's on my heart. Trust me, I get very detailed telling him exactly what I think he should do. Then he does it? Wait, I'm not finished. At the end of my prayer, I add one very important part. After I've laid out what I think is best for me, I add what Jesus told his disciples to include in every prayer. Right before I say amen, I say, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. What's that mean? It means, my sweet daughter, that I'm perfectly willing for God to make the final decisions for me. I'm willing to let him decide whether what I just asked for will actually make my life better. I'm willing to allow him to look into my future and see if my choices will be good for me and for those I love. Then and only then do I say amen. Oh, I get it. Then, even if God says no, that's an answer to your prayer. Exactly. I figure God is a lot smarter than I am. His no is just as valuable to me as his yes. Hmm, that makes sense. By the way, great smoothie, Mom. (laughs) Thanks.
2: This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
6: Happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story shows you how great it is to have a pet and how sad it can be when a pet disappears. While Jenny and her friend Natalie search for clues about what happened to Butterscotch, Jenny learns some important lessons about forgiveness. Chapter 7 Catching the Catnapper Standing back in her yard, Jenny stared at Natalie. Okay, we're back where it all started. What happened to my cat? Natalie stood at the edge of the driveway. When did you see Butterscotch last? I told you already. She raced across the yard and Shorty chased her down the street. Natalie tilted her head. Did you see your cat run down the street? Jenny closed her eyes, trying to remember exactly. No, I saw her run across the yard toward the cars. Shorty was right behind her, so when he ran out the other side, I thought she did too. Everyone thought that, Natalie said, but no one saw her, not you, "'Not the truck driver, not Mrs. Norton. "'But if she didn't go down the street, where did she go?' "'Natalie shrugged. "'What if she hid under the car? "'Then Tevin stole her?' "'Jenny thought again. "'He went inside to get Mom while Dee Dee and I ran down the street. "'I guess he could have put Butterscotch in their car "'before he followed everyone else to look for Shorty.' "'Then she remembered, no, he couldn't have. "'Their car door was still open when we came back. "'His mother yelled at him for leaving it open.' "'Natalie stared at Jenny. "'Are you saying that the car door was open "'when Butterscotch ran across the yard?' "'Jenny's eyes got big. "'The cat prints. "'Butterscotch was jumping toward the car. "'What if she jumped in the car?' "'Then she frowned. "'But why hasn't Tevin called to tell me "'that he has Butterscotch? "'If Butterscotch jumped in his car, "'then it was an accident. "'You said he wanted a cat. "'Maybe he decided to keep her,' Natalie suggested. "'Didn't you say they moved in around here somewhere?' "'Yes,' Jenny replied slowly. "'Do you think you could figure out a way to get over there and check?' "'Maybe I can think of something,' Jenny said. "'By dinner time, she had. "'Mom?' Jenny began innocently as she helped her mom peel carrots. "'Don't you think it would be nice to go visit Tevin and his family soon? "'After all, they just moved in. "'We should welcome them. "'We could bring them a loaf of your bread.' "'Jenny's mom raised her eyebrows, but she agreed. "'Yes, that would be a nice thing to do. "'What made you think of Tevin all of a sudden?' Jenny shrugged uncomfortably. Well, Natalie and I were looking for clues about Butterscotch, and I wanted to talk to him about it. Could we ask Didi to go with us? Sometimes Tevin makes me nervous. Didi was delighted to go with them. All the way to Tevin's house, she talked nonstop. Jenny tried to nod and say, uh-huh, in the right places, but she wasn't really listening. What if Butterscotch is there? Oh, I hope she is. Shorty greeted them at the door, but Tevin wasn't home. When Mrs. Wallace sat down to visit, Dee Dee said, "'I brought the cassette Tevin wanted, Aunt Denise. "'I'm just going to put it in his room.' "'Be careful,' her aunt answered. "'His room is a disaster area. "'I don't want anyone getting hurt.' Jenny tagged along, glad for an excuse to check out Tevin's room. She pushed past Dee Dee and got there first. "'What a mess,' she said, shaking her head as she walked around the room. "'She didn't see anything that could belong to a cat.' "'What are you doing anyway?' Dee Dee asked suspiciously as Jenny went to the window and looked out. Just behind the house was the small shed Shorty had been scratching the day they brought him home. "'Wait a minute,' she thought. Maybe there's a reason why Shorty went right to that shed and wanted in. "'Dee Dee, let's go outside.' "'Why? What are you looking for?' Dee Dee demanded. "'Something that might be in that shed,' Jenny replied, already on her way out of the house.' Tell me what you're doing, Dee Dee said in a panicked whisper racing after, or else I'm telling your mom. Jenny whirled around. I think Tevin has my cat, and I think she might be in that shed, so I'm going to look. I have to. Dee Dee just stared, her eyes wide and frightened. No way, he wouldn't do that, would he? There's only one way to find out. Jenny slipped the metal door of the shed open and stepped inside. It took a moment for her eyes to adjust to the dim lighting. Finally, objects began to come into focus. There was a lawnmower, some garden tools, and three bicycles. She felt disappointment choke up in her throat, and then she spotted it, a stuffed mouse, the kind cats played with lying outside of a mound covered with an old blanket. Butterscotch, she whispered. Jenny could feel her heart hammering in her chest as she pulled the edge of the blanket. As it slipped off, a strong hand grasped her other arm. What are you doing? a deep voice growled. Jenny screamed as loud and long as she could before a hand clamped down over her mouth. Tevin stuck his face right in front of hers and frowned angrily at her. "'Stop it before they hear you inside,' he hissed, pulling the blanket back up to cover what was under it, but not before Jenny had a chance to see what had been hidden. A rough homemade cage, bowls for food and water, and some cat toys. "'What's going on here?' Tevin's mother demanded, yanking open the door of the shed. Jenny's mom peered in anxiously after her. "'Jenny? Honey? Are you hurt?' Jenny pulled free of Tevin's grasp, tears spilling down her cheeks. Mom! Mom! He stole butterscotch! Tevin stole butterscotch! I did not, Tevin snapped. Jenny's mom made her way into the crowded shed and put a hand on Jenny's shoulder. Sweetheart, I know you miss butterscotch, but why would you accuse Tevin of stealing her? You know that isn't true. Then what is this for? Jenny asked, pulling the blanket off the cage before Tevin could stop her. His smug look melted. Tevin? His mother worked her way into the shed with him. What is that for? So I had your old cat, Tevin admitted sourly, but I didn't steal her. She was in our car when we left. I just kept her for a while. Jenny's voice shook when she spoke. What do you mean, for a while? Where is she now?
5: The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 3, Jenny's Cat Napped Cat,